Welcome to The Million Dollar Career. I'm Rob Houghton with Craig Picken, my returning guest host. We're going to talk about quiet firing today. And we talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about quiet hiring and quiet quitting. Uh, but quiet firing, I think, is the most interesting recent trend because I'm not really sure who's at fault here. Who, who, who really is getting fired? So anyways, Craig, what are your thoughts on quiet firing? Well, I think it's... Look, I think everybody's passive aggressive right now. You talk about quiet quitting, you know, people saying, well, I'm just going to do the minimum to get by. And I'm like, well, look, if you're if you're at that point in your life where all you're willing to do is put in the minimum, go find something else. You know, don't be pat, don't be, you know, just just call us, you know, call it and say this ain't working for me. Yeah. Put some effort into your life to go find something you're passionate about or something you do want to do. Yeah. I think quiet firing is kind of the same thing. It's kind of the antithesis of quiet quitting. It's when, you know, somebody gets put in the corner, you know, they don't get any projects. Your boss doesn't say hello to them, you know, or, you know, it's, it's everybody, you know, knows that they're, they're kind of, there biding their time. Um, it's almost like you hope they select people, you know, their, you know, the company or whoever their, 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 their boss is, is hoping they just self-select out. Yeah. You know, so, and I'm like, yeah, well, if someone's not making it for you, just fire them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that uh, people should be on the lookout for. So I'm mostly a candidate advocate, as you've probably seen over the, over the recent months, I'm always thinking about, you know, how do things look from the candidate's perspective, not necessarily the hiring authority. And I want to communicate, first of all, how to recognize that one is being quietly fired. How, how do you know if you're becoming a victim of this quiet firing? And some of the things I thought about were one-to-one -one meetings, okay? All of a sudden, you find that you're not being invited to one-to-one -to -one meetings mm -hmm. with one of your superiors or a visiting client, maybe. You're being cut out of meetings. Um, the coaching is not there anymore. The guy in the corner office, he we used to always insist to, hey Rob, my door's open. Stop down sometime. And you stop down and he's essentially coaching you or mentoring you or giving you some tips on how to succeed. Mm -hmm. That's no longer happening. You're being cut out of after hours. After hours, happy hour, you know? Yep. I had a candidate uh tell me last week, he's like, I don't know what's going on here, Rob, but maybe I ought to start looking for a job. And I said, why is that? And he said, because it's the strangest thing. I'm doing a great job, but for some reason, I seem to be getting cut out of things. Like I didn't get invited to the happy hour last Friday. I found out subsequently that there was a regional meeting that I used to get invited to no longer, you know, receive the invitation for that. And I'm thinking, maybe I'm getting quietly fired. Could be. Demotions, big big companies, you know, like big companies, they demote people. Really? Yeah, you know, it's like I didn't know that. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, yeah, you, I used to hear about Sikorsky helicopter. Really? I was like, yeah, like I, I would talk to these guys and go, yeah, Joe, you know, Joe, somebody or another, he got demoted. You know, kind of, you know, whatever. I'm like, wow. I know that. And I quit. I, I would but... never take. I would never. Uh, you know, it's like. Demotion. 
how the hell do you get demoted? I mean, in the military, okay, you go from E6 to an E5 if you're... Yeah, but you... But that's you got, perfect, but how do you, you, you get demoted, though, man? Yeah, no, you go from director to manager, you know, or you get you get put in a job that's, you know, you went from huh. vice president to a job that's been held by a director, and, you know, it's... it's um, you know, that's a quiet firing right there. I mean, it's, you know, it, but, you know, that's... Yeah, so that... I think that's kind of what's going on is that when you when you sense... The seasons are changing. You know, how about in, in law enforcement? I've trained with a lot of people in law enforcement, national law enforcement. You know, I'm not going to mention any of, of the names of these organizations, but the guy that gets, he settled into Northern Virginia, settled in around New York, working at one of the big field offices or something. And next thing you know, he gets reassigned to, an, to a Navajo Indian reservation and, uh, North Dakota for three years. You know? There you go. <laughs> Your salespeople. Quiet firing, right? How about a salesperson who just got their territory cut? There you go. Yeah. 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 You know, how about the pro football guy who goes to work? You know, he's on the first, he's on the 53 man squad. Yeah. He wakes up Monday morning and his wife says, Hey, honey, we just got an email. You're on the practice squad now. Yeah. What? There you yeah, go. Yeah. You're on the freaking taxi squad. Man. That's right. So, you know, that's, there's a lot of ways that people get, you know, you, you talk about quiet quitting and I'm, you know, I think like I'm a, I'm not on the, the, I'm not on the person side of the house and I'm not on the company side of the house. I'm on the common sense side of the house. And, you know, I'm very critical of companies. You know, I think I, you know, the, you know, uh, I think when company, when times are running good, like you, have you, you've been reading wall street at all? I read the Wall Street Journal every, every day. day. Right? And, yeah, and, and, you, and you see what's happening to Google. You know, CEO yeah. of Google gets up in an all-hands meeting, and he's like, hey, look, we're going to start having cuts. You know, good times ain't rolling right now. Stock's on its ass. The good times aren't rolling. Revenues are down. And, you know, we're going to start holding people accountable. And they've already said, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, they're, they're taking some people off projects, and they're saying, yeah, go reapply for another job. You just got, if you're being asked to reapply to something, you just got quietly fired. That's it. You just got quietly fired. Yeah. And, and they, I think what they called it was like the 30, yeah, 30 days, you had 30 days to go find a new job in the company. That's, um, pretty, that's actually a pretty good idea. And, and the answer is if people are in the company, if, if the people in the company aren't jumping up and down and going, you know, you know, that person, I can have that person, I can have that person, I can have that person over my division. You know, if you're scrambling on that 30-day notice and praying, you you just got quietly fired. They just didn't want to tell you that. I'm going to take the opposite uh, viewpoint. So, again, from the candidate side, uh, you know, I think employers now have to be really careful, you know, employers, hiring authorities, HR people, supervisors have to be really, really careful about sending the wrong signals because the employees, the workers, the staff, they're more sensitive now because of the, because of the quiet firing and the quiet hiring. People are like really paying attention now to how they're being treated. And I know that there's a lot of supervisors out there that are just too busy. They're distracted and they're not taking care mm -hmm. of the people that are doing a good job. So I think if they're not careful, if they're not, you know, giving useful and thoughtful performance reviews and 
inviting these people for coaching that uh, a lot of the, a lot of these employees are going to perceive this as as being quietly fired because they're no longer being paid attention to and everybody knows now that companies are trying to do more with less people so what yeah. happens is people are so damn distracted and so focused on their own stuff they forget about their direct reports and i think this quiet firing and, and also quiet quiet hiring is uh, and quiet quitting is is a is a shot across it's yep. a shot across the bow because people are just paying more attention now. Well, I think there's two things. One, you know, shocker, you know, you know, we're very we've become a very litigious society. And now that you know politics has invaded every corner of business from a company standpoint, it's just easier to put somebody in a corner and and let them self-select out, eventually just self-select out than it is to fire them. Because you just don't, you know, if you fire somebody for, you know, you know, yes, you have all these at will, you know, employment. But if you lay somebody off or if you fire them or whatever, you know, all of a sudden now you're being set up for lawsuits unless you, you know, unless you do it very, very, very carefully. And a lot of small businesses just, you know, can't do that. But, so that but I mean, a lot of it is just being recognized, you know? Yeah. Simply just recognizing somebody for a job well done can go a long way in preventing somebody from going into that quiet quitting mode, you know? Yeah. Don't you think or what? I think, look, I, here's what I think. I, I think that people who quietly quit, you know, to me, it's once again, you know, and, you know, and, and in life, it's the people that, you know, the, the people that suffer the most or the people who want to get by with the minimum. Because if you if you if you if you're doing the minimum, you don't have a cushion underneath you. It's like I'll do the minimum. I'll do my job. I'll show up at 9, I'll leave at 5. I won't put in any extra effort. I won't show anybody. But those are the people who when times get tough, you know what 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 happens when recessions come? Travel gets cut back immensely. Swag gets cut back immensely. Stu you, know, you know, frivolous company benefits get cut back immensely. And the people who are on the margin, you know, look, I remember the Great Recession. And what I remember about the Great Recession was I was busy. And you think as being an executive recruiter? Yeah, exactly right. You think in a recession, you weren't, you wouldn't be busy at all. But yeah, I was busy. And here was here, here is why I was busy. Because companies were calling me up saying, we're going we're gonna to get rid of three mediocre performers. We want you to find us one superstar yeah. who's going to grow with us. The right kind of guy. The right kind of person. Yeah. And that's it. We want the right kind of person. And companies were willing to pay me a, you know, a, you know, a service charge for that. And they were willing to go find the right person. And they were saying, hey, look, we're going we're gonna to offload $450,000 of, we're going to offload $450,000 worth of salaries to hire you. Uh, what do you want? You know, what do you, you know, and, and man, if you were an A player, you were, you were golden. Did you know that, uh, I was just reading in the Wall Street Journal on Friday, I think it was, there was a big article about this. It was very, very interesting. They've shown that job postings that companies put on the internet now, like on LinkedIn, 
those job postings that use words like fast growing, yeah. challenging, right? Do you know what I'm going to say, right? I, I read know, that article. The people are looking at this thinking to myself, you know, I'm not sure I want to, I'm not sure I want that job because what this sounds like is like they cut three people and they want to hire one yeah. person. And that's why it's very challenging because I'm going to be doing the work of multiple people. There's a guy, uh, there's a, there's... <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. It was right there. It was in the Wall Street Journal. It's got to be true. Right? Yeah, no, they're, they're like, yeah, people are like, they read the code. It says fast paced environment. Exactly. And, and people want their people are like, I won't apply for that job because it means <laughs> I got to work my butt off. Yeah. Exactly. Well, now you're looking at it from a different perspective, right? I can yeah. see people looking like that, but I'm looking at the other side of the same coin with people looking at that thinking, oh, I'm just going to get exploited in this thing. These guys probably, you know, I'm probably doing the work of like two or three people. It's all how you look at it, you know. Yeah, you know what? But there's a negotiating point there. Yeah. No, you're. You know, but here's the, here's the thing: if people were to sit there and look back and go, "All right, you're talking to me. You got you got problems, and and we're in this interview, and it comes out to, oh, you got problems. You got, you know, yeah, you, you pick your problems. Your sales are off. You're 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 not making on time delivery. Your quality sucks. You want me to fix all that, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's it worth it? If I fix that to you, if I fix that. Exactly right. What's it worth to you? How much? Like a $10 million. All right. Well, so if I get it all fixed, it's worth $10 million to you on the revenue side at $20 million or at two, yeah, 20% EBIT. That's $2 million of profit. So you're willing to pay me, you know, a base and bonus, a base and a very nice bonus and some performance upside, right? And that's when you just shut up and let the other person on the other side of the table either stammer or go, yep, that's what we'll do. Because that's, you know, that's the answer right there. You know, it's like, well, what do you need? That's one of the things we talked about this probably several years ago. Uh, and I know I wrote a blog on this. And that is the most powerful interview question a candidate can ask an HR person or a hiring authority is simply, what can I do in the next six months that'll make you and your company yeah. look really, really good? And then you put your finger in your mouth and you sit there and you listen to what they have to say. If there's no coherent answer, that's not the right firm. It's not the right kind of firm. Okay. Yep. But if they tell you, hey, if you could solve this particular problem in six months and save us $2.2 million, whether it be a client focused issue or mm -hmm. a product issue, then you should be saying, okay, great. If I can do that, could I get a bonus? Yeah. Could I could I get five percent of of those savings? And then in a lot of cases, the hiring authority or the person interviewing you has no choice but to say, "Yeah, if you can actually do that, I'll give you that five or ten percent." Okay, let's put it in the offer letter. Yeah. And there's been a lot of candidates who have made a lot of money off that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's you, you, that's that's the way to handle. Yeah, that's the way to handle it. It's like, you know, people ask me, I go, why did I go on? Why did I go start my own business? It's like, well, you know, I was at the point in my life where I was ready to go do something different. And every time I looked, talked to a company, they're like, you know, you come with, you come to work for us and make 150,000 bucks. I'm like, well, 150,000 bucks, go make that on my own. What do I need you for? Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's the thing. But, you know, but th this is where, this is the difference between people who are asking for jobs. You know, hire me, put me in coach, you know, let me play, let me show you what I can do. And the people who are like, what, you need, 
you need, you know, you need on-time delivery quality and production fixed. All right, I'll fix that for you. How much are you going to pay me to do it? That's the other question. How much are you going to pay me to do it? Those are not the people that are getting quietly fired. Yeah. yeah. The other thing about quietly, quietly being fired is I think if more, and you touched on this, there's a lot of legal reasons and there's a lot of woke reasons and being politically correct and all that bullshit. But, but um, you know, I, I, I think the lesson here is also that hiring authorities and supervisors really owe it to themselves, their company, and to the individual employee to confront the issue. If you think a guy's loafing around, if you think somebody's taking taking long lunches, if you think somebody's really not going above and beyond the call of duty, instead of quietly firing the guy right. or the gal, bring him into your office and have an honest conversation with him because you know what? Maybe that person doesn't realize they aren't up to snuff. Maybe, yeah. maybe the management by objectives, the objectives have not been properly communicated mm-hmm. up and down the chain of command. Maybe he doesn't really know what he's supposed to do. Maybe he doesn't know what the sensitive projects are. Maybe he doesn't know what he's supposed to do because his hiring authority is too damn lazy to really take the time to communicate it both orally and written. So maybe some of these guys should, you know, stop quietly firing people and actually show some courage and communicate to the person, here's what you're doing wrong, man. Boom. And if you don't, and, and if you don't, if you don't shape up in the next 30 to 60, 90 days, you're out. Boom. It takes a little bit of courage, but that's what people should be doing instead of I, just quietly firing bullshit. I, well, that's the whole thing. I was, I was, I was talking. I was sitting at lunch with my wife, and we we're talking, saying we were going to come on and talk. She goes, "Quietly firing is the most passive aggressive thing you can do." Yeah, yeah. I go, "Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. No, where nobody, nobody has any courage to do anything." Now, now here's the reality of the matter: if you are a leader in a business, and you're quietly firing somebody. You sit back and you scratch your head a little bit and you go, hmm, why did I hire this person in the first place? Right, exactly. Okay, so you hired them and and you just said it. Maybe they don't, maybe the leadership is bad. Absolutely. And then you as a leader, you go down and you say, you know, I'm missing it. When I hired you, you were enthusiastic to work here. I was enthusiastic to have you here. We were going to do great things together. We're not, you know, you're, we're, we're missing. What did I, what are, what is lacking in this relationship from my standpoint? You know, did I, did, did I not give you the objectives? Did I not tell you the way is my leadership style chaotic, something that you don't understand. And you have a very one-on-one conversation. And, yeah, and, it's, and it's at least it's honest conversation. And then you can sit there and say, hey, this is, you know, this relationship is either going to work or it's not going to work. I looked in back of me because I was looking for my book, Jocko Wilnick, Extreme Ownership. That's yeah. what this thing comes down to. Yeah. Particularly if you are a leader in your organization, chances are, let's face it, if you're a hiring authority, if you have direct reports, you're a de facto leader. You can have manager in your title. Yep. But you got to be leading, man. Well, that's the and, difference. Yeah. And extreme ownership is like if somebody is not doing well, you got to get in there and dig around and find out like what happened. And it may it may come down to it's both your faults. But as yep. a leader, you should be learning from these experiences. Like, why didn't this work? Maybe I didn't communicate well. Maybe I didn't lead by example. Maybe I wasn't on top of things. 
don't know. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's just it. my thought. You know what I mean? But, but you know, as a person too, you understand. Like, you know, my life. Look, my phone's. I'm on the phone all the time. I got so many hours in a workday, and I'm not going to dedicate my hours in the workday to the person. And you have the same. You have the same people who are calling you. You know, every every nine months. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't getting along with my boss. You know, oh, this didn't work out. Oh, I just don't know if I want to be here. You've got those people calling you all the time and yeah. they suck the time out of you. Yeah. And they suck the energy out of you. I want to, I want to worry about people who, you know, want to kick butt, be it businesses who are like, man, we're, we're ready to take off, go help us find the right person. Or, you know, executives are like, man, I, I'm ready to go take the thing to the next level. I want to go make a pile of money. Here's what I can do. Those are the people I want to talk with. I don't want to be talking to the, are, av the average time sucker who can't get their own stuff together, but yet want me to figure out, figure it out for them. And I think that's kind of, that's, you know, if, so, but that's the same thing in business. Yeah. You know, managers and leaders are going to dedicate their efforts to the people who want to be here, be there. And who are going to take the business to the next level. If yeah. that's not you, go sit in the corner. Yeah. You're nine to five. Tell tell the world that you're there for the money and the paycheck and move on. I think that's well said. We're all looking for the right kind of guy, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, so my take on this quiet firing is simply, it's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. You know, people have to recognize that you're being quietly fired so, so that you can take corrective action. Mm -hmm. People shouldn't have to do that, but unfortunately, in this society now, passive aggressiveness rules. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why I, I did the blog and why I want to talk to you is I think people have to be aware of their yeah. surroundings and aware that maybe I'm being quietly fired because then you can take corrective action. You can call people like you or me. And then the other and, and, and then the other side of it is employers and hiring authorities have to take responsibility. They have to own their own hires. And maybe they're being quite like fire because it's something they did wrong. So it's a two-way street. So yeah. that's all I have to say. Well, yeah, here's the reality. You know, here's here's the best example. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the best example of quiet firing. Uh Jamie Diamond's doing it right now. Uh Goldman Sachs is doing it right now. If you want to work here, you're back in the office. Yeah, we're, we're we're bringing people. It's it's the RTO return to office, and if you don't want to return to office, go somewhere else. And you know who's coming to the office is the ninety the 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 you know, the the A's who want to be there, who want to make money, who want to go you know do things in their career, and and the people who are not coming back to the office are the people who, you know are the people who are going ah oh, I can work from home yeah kick yeah it's like you know whatever that, well, is that assumes that these people uh, live the same distance what about the people that were hired that live two hours away yeah no i hear return you. the office too or what yeah. i don't know but that's but i and my my sense is that's kind of the uh, the message now that you're here in microsoft and you're hearing a lot yeah you're hearing a lot of companies saying hey we're back in the office you know times are about ready to get tough we're all back in the office I think that's kind of a, I think that's kind of their way of allowing people to select out and, you know, how that, how that affects them from a talent standpoint. Yeah. I don't know, but. Here's how I see that going. So I'm starting to see that a lot in the insurance business. Um, I see that they're not necessarily 
requiring people that they hired that live two and a half hours away to come back into the office right. because obviously they're gonna have to sell their house and buy mm-hmm. that that ain't gonna happen, right? I, but I think I think what's happened is the people, as you say, that voluntarily go back into the office, they have a huge advantage now mm-hmm. over the people yep. that are working remotely because you've got to show up, you know. So I go back to my middle son again. He works for Lockheed. Even during the pandemic, you know, the only people that were in those offices were the senior executives. Right. And they were spread out all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but just because of who he is, a Green Beret, you know, he's a very determined individual. He would still go into the office. I don't, I don't think he went in every day, but he would go in several times a week. Yep. And I, I think he's been promoted three times in the last 18 months or two years or something because he was the only guy who was in the office. So he got a chance to know everybody. Every, everybody knows him. Yeah. All these other people are strung out, you know, working all over the place. So it is a huge advantage for 90, people to get back into the office now. Huge advantage. 90% of life is just showing up. Who said that? Yogi Berra? Uh, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Just show 90% of life is yeah. just showing up. You know, it's it comes showing back up. to yeah. goes back to the conferences that I yeah, look, I'll spend thirty thousand bucks on conferences this year. What happens when you go to a conference? You go see people. You know, you show see, up, man. Show up. You show up. When you show up to the gym, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I've done more networking is in the gym at the hotel gym at seven o'clock in the morning, actually six thirty in the morning before the conference, versus the bar at midnight. You know, it's it's of course you know, yeah. show up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where do you need to be? Where do you need to go? But that's that's life. It's just showing up. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh that's how you can. We'll put that under the category of preventative measures from getting quietly fired. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not look, I'm not a big believer in that. Like the, the quiet firing thing that's happening. And you know, I think it's as I think it's as dishonest of course it is as the as quiet quitting. I just because I think You're exactly it's, right. Because I think it's it's dishonest because if you want to be a leader of a business, that means you need to have tough conversations. Yeah. And that and having tough conversations means being honest with people every step of the way. Yeah. And if you can't be honest and you're just praying, yeah. For you know, hope is not a strategy. Right. And and I just think it's dishonest. So yeah, it's yeah, I think, yeah. So to sum it all up, you know, quiet hiring, or I, I should say quiet firing and quiet quitting. Both sides of the same coin. Both yep. with equal accountability. So yep. Hey, Craig, how, how do people get a hold of you anyways? Oh, people can always get a hold of me on my, uh, let's see, Craig at NorthStarESG.com. I'm all over LinkedIn. Shoot me an email. Um, call me 910-509-7129 on the office. And uh, yeah. You've had, some, you've had some pretty damn good LinkedIn posts, man. What's the latest one? You've got like 7,000 or 8,000 hits on that. Uh, just talked about non, non-compete agreements, non-competes. You know, the world is getting all whacked out when you start seeing really stupid non-competes. Good. Right. I'm starting to see some stupid non-competes. So, uh, very good, that's, man. And that's when we'll do a blog. We'll do a we'll do a podcast on that. One. Next podcast we'll do is on non-competes. Really, non-competes, great. We'll do it. Non-solicitations too. Non-competes. The whole, non-competes the, the, the whole are the thing. thing. Non-solicitations don't scare me as much as non-competes. So, yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll be an, that'll be an interesting topic. So, so we'll do that next time. All right, Craig. Well, come on. 
Thanks a lot, man. Have a great uh, weekend with your great family. Glad to see Texas Tech finally won one. Get the guns so, up. Uh, horns we'll down. All right, buddy. We'll see you. <laughs> see you next week, man. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube, just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.